0: Here's the thing. So, do you know what the Turing test is? Yeah, I know what the Turing test is.
1: It's when a human interacts with a computer. And if the human doesn't know they're interacting with a computer, the test is passed. And what does the pass tell us? the computer has artificial intelligence are you building an AI I've already built one and over the next few days you're gonna be the human component in the Turing test holy shit yeah
0: that's right Caleb you got it
1: because if that
0: test is passed
1: you are dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man if you've created a conscious machine it's not the history of man That's the history of gods.
0: I can see it in your smile. What's happening? You're all I ever wanted. Aw. And my arms are open wide. Hey. Cause you know just what to say. Okay. And you know just what to do. Sounds like me. And I want to tell you so much. I love you. Oh, did you write that? I I was the inspiration for it. I think that's so good. I mean, I was six when it came out, but, but I think you had just you were putting out the vibe. I was also. You know that I have that dream that one day I'll be invited on stage with Lionel Richie to it sing. It could still happen. To sing, he's um, still with us. Yes. Um. Mm. Uh. Something. Eternal love. Um, endless love, endless love. Thank you, God. What's wrong with me? Endless love. I mean, um, well, endless love would also be eternal. No, so, uh, the reason that I, the reason that that song, um, that song, I think is appropriate to sure. what we're talking about today, and I will tell you why. I
1: look forward to hearing that because yes. hello, everybody, welcome to how have you not seen this? Hello. Yep that's that's the thing that's the we're doing it again. Okay, so it's
0: a oh, God. podcast, don't you know? If you can
1: do this for the next hour, I'll I'll be okay with it. <laughs> uh
0: my name is tracy carlson okay i can't and my husband is daniel yes
1: i am hi everybody those are your hosts
0: for this podcast good night okay no
1: it's it's i actually loved it um yeah welcome to how have you not seen this a podcast where husband and wife that's us tracy and daniel take turns showing each other movies that one of us hasn't seen before And then we say, hey, have you not seen this? And we just talk about the movie. we go back and forth. Last
0: week was uh, Bachelor Party. That was
1: my first time seeing Bachelor Party. And Uh, that
0: went over well.
1: I thought it was great. Tom Hanks and just a lot of nudity. And really the star of the show, Adrian Zmed. Adrian Mm Zmed.
0: Let's all go watch Grease 2 and just revel in the horribleness of it. Mm -hmm. But then revel in the gloriousness of Adrian Zmed. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. It is indeed.
1: So anyway, uh, this week we're we talk- It's Tracy's turn to see a movie for the first time, Yay! and the uh, movie we're talking about this week is 2015's *Ex Machina*, starring Donald Gleason, uh, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander. This was your first time seeing this. Yes, and I love. You loved it, right?
0: I loved it. That makes me
1: feel good. I was really excited and I was hoping you would love it. And I was really looking forward to showing it to you. But it makes me feel good to know that you loved it. Yes. So I really, really loved it. I so, have thoughts,
0: I have feelings. Yeah, I We've got stuff to talk about. Loved it's a, it's it. a
1: great, great movie. Uh, As of the recording of this, which is January something of 2020, it is streaming (laughs) on Netflix. You're fantastic. So I don't... Just fucking look it up, man. I don't know. You could be listening to this in the future after...
0: No, let's see. What is it? Monday is MLK Day, so shame on you. Today's... uh... Oh,
1: so it drops... So we're recording this on the 18th. It drops on the 20th. Yes. So if you're listening to this anytime around January 20th of 2020, the movie's streaming on Netflix. If it's not, you know, you can rent it from other places. Also
0: happy MLK Day. Also happy MLK Day.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, anyway, for those of you who do not remember the movie Ex Machina from a few years ago, or if you've never seen it, just a real quick overview, like a one or two lines. It is a, a science fiction movie. Um, Oscar Isaac plays a... Hot. Hot. Well, that's a given in everything he does. Uh, he plays a, a Steve Jobsian uh, tech guru who runs a, a search engine company uh, called Blue Book and he invites one of his employees played by donald gleason hot also hot yeah to his uh you know palatial compound in the woods to spend a week administering a touring test to an ai robot that oscar Isaac's character has built and that robot is played by alicia vikander so it's about them exploring that ai and that's the goal, like to figure out, is it a real AI? So it's kind of like a super high level pitch for the movie.
0: Yes. He does not actually, he does not actually perform a Turing test in this film, um, which I think is very, which I think is a, one of the major plot points and mm-hmm. something that's very interesting. And the, they bring that up early about. on. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. So I'm they, just saying that which, he doesn't actually do that.
1: Right. To their credit, uh, they actually bring that up early on and steer into it and sidestep how they're going beyond that for this. Yes. Um, so so anyway um oscar isaac plays nathan is his name uh donald gleason plays a man named caleb and alicia vikander uh, as the ai cyborg android whatever you want to call her uh, her name is ava and there's another woman uh with no lines named kyoko and that's the whole cast just four people so yep that's it so
0: how have you not seen this I have absolutely no excuse. It was one that I wanted to see, and I just didn't. I mean, I just that that's literally all it is. So, like, I was you like, knew
1: about it? You kind of yeah. Like, you remember it coming out?
0: No, no, I totally remember it coming out. And I was like, oh, I need to see that. Oh, and then I just didn't. Because that's usually the kind of movie that you'd be like, hey, let's go see Ex Machina. And, um, and then I just kind of thought, oh, I'll see it when it comes out. Like, sure. I'll see it when it comes, you know, I'm so lazy that I was like, it'll come out on... Oh, our producer has decided to She's work on an antler. Chew on an antler. So. so
1: any weird noises you hear in the background, any pops are yeah, the dogs.
0: not Daniel chewing on an antler. It um, might be. Anyway, uh, what was I saying?
1: Do you figured you'd see it sometime, but no, just yeah, never Yeah,
0: I just figured I'd see it when I came out on HBO mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell people what Ex Machina means?
1: Yes. Uh, I'm going to look up the whole phrase real quick.
0: Also, totally unrelated, but if you ever want to read a really good graphic novel series, Mm -hmm. Deus Ex Machina is really, really good. Isn't it just Ex Machina? No, I thought it was... Is it just Ex Machina? Yeah. I thought it was Deus Ex Machina. I think
1: it's just Ex Machina, because if I remember right... (sighs) Okay,
0: I'm totally wrong. Read it. I literally have read it like four times, and I don't know the title of it.
1: Yeah, it's called uh, Ex Machina, because I believe I saw news the other day that Oscar Isaac is working on bringing that to the screen as well.
0: Shut... Your Which, mouth,
1: and it's written by Brian K. vaughn the comic book X Machina, BKV,
0: who I have had a conversation with. What up?
1: Also, very cool because that will be the second thing called X Machina that Oscar Isaac has done. It's a weird niche he's carving out for himself. It is. I love him so Super much. Super focused uh entertainment. Anyway, uh, call me. The phrase uh is, is Deus X Machina. It's Latin. It means God from the machine, uh and it's often referred to as a it's referred to as a plot device in theater or movies where uh, an almost inexplicable thing happens to solve a crisis or bring about a resolution in a seemingly impossible situation suddenly like, Oh, and then everything worked out. Okay. Like, you know, like literally the God descend from the rafters and fix everything that's happening on stage. Um, So a lot of, movies tv shows books radio pop culture have pulled from this phrase and called themselves deus ex machina deus ex ex machina it is because it's 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 appropriate it's uh it's it it rings enough bells i think for people because they like learned it in school and it's got like that eerie like you know it's latin so it's got this kind of like you know ominous tone to it so a lot of things are called ex machina so i guess that would mean
0: this is of With the no machine. Deus, it just means from the machine or of, of the, machine. the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, Which is appropriate considering this film.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, you know you just never got around to seeing it.
0: No. And mm-hmm. it so it was not because I didn't want to, because hi, Oscar Isaac. Right. I worship you.
1: And you and I have been, you and I, to our credit, have been the Oscar Isaac train since well before Star Wars. Toot toot. Obviously, love him in Star Wars, even the shitty third one. All but aboard. Lo- but yeah, Oscar Isaac, we are fans in this the household. Oscar Isaac train. We respect the man.
0: Yes, and we are also Donald Gleason fans. Oh, he's awesome. Um, we Son actually of Brandon. Though, just realized that he was in Harry Potter movies, but we didn't give a shit because we don't like Harry I Potter movies. I
1: don't like Harry Potter books or movies, and so I was looking up <sighs> Donald Gleason on Wikipedia, kind of refreshing myself with his filmography, and it was like he's known to most people or broke out as an older Weasley brother in the Harry Potter movies. And I forgot that he even did that because that only, just
0: made us sad. I've only
1: seen each one like once. Maybe twice. I'd review quite a few when I was a film critic. Um, and I've read all the books. So I know what I'm talking about. When people say, you don't know what you're. I read all the books, seen all the movies, didn't enjoy them, not
0: for me. That's okay. That's a, that is okay. Mm-hmm. And that is your opinion. And for people who are rabid about it, mm-hmm. You need to let him have his opinion just just like he lets you have yours. I was just
1: too old for it. Like, the first Harry Potter book came out when I was already. It's not that you were too old for it. It just
0: wasn't your thing. There are a lot of people that are older than you that are psycho into it. Right, which
1: is its own separate odd discussion. It's just that, like, like, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, by the time I finally read it, I was like, oh, I don't really want to read this book for eight year olds, and it's okay. Let's not alienate our audience. It's okay. But uh, so, yeah, I did not, I was not familiar. I'd forgotten that Donald Gleason was in the Harry Potter movies. Anyway, he
0: is bonkers charming in this movie he's like i wanted to just hold him and stroke his hair and be like everything is okay and i love you Mm -hmm. um i loved seeing uh the two men together considering that they played against each other Mm -hmm. in um in the last three um star wars movies movies. Mm -hmm. attention This is Commander Poe Dameron of the Republic
1: Fleet. I have an urgent communique for General Hux. Patch him through. This is General Hux of the First Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be
0: no surrender.
1: Hi, I'm holding for General Hux.
0: This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your
1: filth from the galaxy.
0: Okay, I'll hold.
1: Hello? Hello? Yep. I'm still here. Can you... can he hear me? Hugs? He can. With an H. Skinny guy. Kind of pasty. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him.
0: I believe he's tooling with you, sir.
1: About his mother. Open fire! BB-8, punch
0: it! And Donald Leeson, they're both like chameleons. They can play anything. And um, as Hux, Hux, Mm -hmm. he is like his hair, I think they darkened his hair. It's maybe little, definitely sl- it's all slicked or back. Or maybe that's and, its real yeah. color and they lightened it mm-hmm. for, for Ex Machina. But he's just like, he does not look like he looks in this film. Yeah. And um, and of course, Oscar Isaac. I mean, my God, the man can play any race, any like attitude. He's a massive, mm-hmm. egotistical dick in this film. He is, and yeah. And I'm like, I should hate you take me Yes. but
1: um she did say that a few times out loud it was awkward it was not. weird she yelled at the screen I did not. quite a few times so
0: uh no but but it was cool to see them playing off each other as now one's you know, the bad guy's the good guy and the good guy's the bad guy and mm-hmm. blah blah blah
1: yeah i agree like they're they're such wonderful actors like they, they give such good performances and so many of the things they do they really bring their all i mean again it's a testament to the fact that the most recent Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker, sucks, but Oscar Isaac is a fucking game day player in that he, he just is. he commits so hard. I mean, even Donald Gleason, who's given like a shit role, and he's like, "I'm a spy," Brian gets shot. It's fucking it's a stupid movie, but like Oscar Isaac really commits and like is really engaging and entertaining because he's just so good and charming and and confident and such a great actor. Yes. So um so yeah, he's great in this, and again, it's it's such an intimate movie. It is again um. Oscar Isaac is Nathan, the founder of the company, brings Caleb, Donald Gleason, out to his compound and says, let's test this robot for a week. So the core of the movie is just conversations between either Caleb and Ava, as he kind of probes her intelligence and sees what's going on, or between Nathan and Caleb, as Nathan's like, hey, report to me, how's it going? As Nathan probes Caleb. As Nathan probes Caleb, like, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? What are you asking her? How's it going? Does it pass for you? Does it work as an AI? And that's, of course, just, like, the setup. Um, and it kind of it gets twistier from there.
0: It made me, in the way that I think it was supposed to, the whole movie Moomy? The movie,
1: The movie. Welcome to the movie Show.
0: Welcome to the... No, it mo- is, it's not well, the movie. Welcome it's not Moomy, it is Moomy. Welcome to the movie Show. You're saying
1: Moomy, but it is Moomy.
0: I think it is Moomy, not Moomy. No, nope,
1: it is... this yes, Moomy.
0: Moomy. Correct. Excellent. Um, as I think the movie intend intended it made me very uncomfortable yes in a not in a fucking turn the shit off way but in a oh my god way Mm -hmm. um it's the the scenes between the the tension between nathan and caleb every time they would have a talk where where nathan was like Doing everything in his power to force casualness. Is casualness a word? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Forced casualness on on these. But it was just like, I was like waiting for someone to get shot. I don't know. It was very, very tense. Yeah. And then with Caleb and Ava, um, I just, I knew something was wrong. I knew, I just couldn't, Oh, sorry. I just could not, um put my finger on it of course until the end and then i'm like oh my hands are all over it now but it uh i thought man i thought that uh oscar isaac he just he scared me he um he made me like i said very uncomfortable he made me think like like when she says you can't trust nathan i'm like no you cannot trust nathan i know Mm -hmm. you can't trust nathan i'm already i'm with you Mm i am with you Mm -hmm. um I agree, buddy. Yes, and that was a girl, but that's okay. No, hang on, just it's it's fine. Elspells, you're fine. Sorry, Ellie. If she can't get to us, she's like, I feel like I should yell at you and tell you that I want to be with you. Yeah, I think you
1: make a good point. Oscar Isaac does such a great job being really egotistical and um, aggressive in this, and like the way he's always working out and just like swagger. Yeah, like he he's he's forcing his presence and his physicality yes. on on Caleb and on the world around him. Like he just swaggers around it because he's he's so cocky and he's smart and he knows it. And he's so full of himself and full of what he's done, creating this artificial intelligence, and and using uh, one of his own employees as uh, as a test for test for her, like to say like, hey, let's figure out if she's really really smart. And I mean, we'll say now that the movie's five years old. You know, we're gonna have to we're gonna get into some spoiler territory. I'm sure. Yeah, in this I'm conversation sorry if you haven't seen it. Then if you haven't seen it, stop this right now. Go watch Netflix, and we'll give you a few minutes to come back.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: And we're back. Okay. okay. Hope you liked the movie. Yep. What did you think? Yeah, It's great. Anyway, now mm-hmm. you're caught up. So, yeah. Uh, it's... So I
0: can say that he's also... Oh, my.
1: Ooh, that's real thunder, folks.
0: That's real. We that's in real some... thunder. It's lightning. Okay. The way you love me is frightening. I better knock on wood. Ba, ba, ba,
1: you're getting a show ba, today. We got weather. We got special effects. We got singing. We got, we got a the dog. dog
0: freaking out. Yep. Uh, no. Um, so we can say right now, like he is, um, he is an alpha male in the Oscar Isaac's character. Nathan. Oscar Isaac's mm-hmm. character Nathan is an alpha male in the worst way. Yes. Um, in the rapey, I'm gonna get what I want. Um, controlling, controlling, manipulative. I mean the way. So here's uh, one of the spoilers we were talking about um kyoko kyoko
1: yes uh one of the just real quick the other the fourth character in the movie kyoko is introduced as nathan's servant japanese maid, japanese housekeeper made the relationship is unclear and, and vaguely threatening to begin with and she doesn't speak and you know caleb tries talking to her and nathan says she doesn't speak a word of english you can say anything you want in front of her i hired her as basically a, a firewall so i can s- talk about my business in front of her and not have to worry about trade yeah. secrets coming out
0: but the reality is she's AI. She's a robot uh, just a or more, an android. A more primitive version. A more primitive mm-hmm. version. And he fucking rapes her, like has sex with her. I mean, I guess, do, I, can you rape an AI? He, or I think
1: he, uh, the fact that, I mean, the fact that she approached him initiated it made me think that one of the things he built and programmed her to do was just to have sex and serve him food.
0: Right, but that's. Yeah, uh, but again, so now you're you're into this whole like, is it rape if it's a exactly? He programmed AI, it, it to do that. Yeah, is, mm-hmm. you programmed it to be mm-hmm. like, I'll do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, what if he programmed her to, um, want to mm-hmm. be beaten or something like exactly. that? I mean, it's yeah. it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And I will say though, one thing I enjoyed that uh, was there's a scene where um, he's like Oscar Isaac is uh, he's like, do you want to dance? She likes to dance. I told you, you're wasting your time talking to her. However, you would not
1: be wasting your time if you were dancing with her. Go ahead, dance with her.
0: Dance with her. No? You don't like dancing? She does. And he puts on this music, and then he and Kyoko end up doing this whole dancing, yeah. dancing mm-hmm. the hustle. It's amazing. It is. And, and, it's, and it's creepy, creepy too. Creepy as because, fuck, yes. Because of
1: where they are in the story, and this is what's interesting. You know, like, I remember when this movie came out because it was gifts of Oscar Isaac dancing in that scene. were were like lighting up film Twitter. And it's funny out of context because it's just Oscar Isaac in like an open robe dancing and doing stuff. But for where they are in the story when it happens, it's just eerie and upsetting to yes. see this happening because you can see him you by then are definitely with Caleb and seeing that Nathan has lost most of his grip on reality and on, on morality his humanity. humanity exactly yeah so yeah so yeah and, and another one of the things that uh you know plot twist that, that is revealed uh while Caleb and Nathan are out taking a walk one day Caleb says hey how about you stop lying to me and Nathan says what do you mean what what lies and Caleb says there's no way that I was drawn randomly because the movie opens with caleb winning a lottery at work winning a contest to get to spend a week with the boss at the boss's compound and he says Which i think it's in alaska yeah um actually they sh- well, i can tell you where they shot it but okay. uh, it's not disclosed in the movie they uh he realizes that there's no way that it was an actual contest caleb says uh you would have you could have round up with somebody random you know, like Like the janitor. You told me you needed me here for like my coding skills and my AI skills. Like there's no way that I won an actual contest. And Nathan says, Yeah, the contest was a smokescreen. I brought you here on purpose to help test her. And that's just actually one layer of the deception.
0: He lied. he says you're the best. It's really hard being Mm -hmm. being this smart. He totally he builds Caleb up to believe that he is this incredible Mm -hmm. genius coder Mm -hmm. um on the level you know almost on par with nathan and you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's tough being at the top and all that kind of stuff and right and so i feel like caleb is somewhat mollified by that yeah and he's 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 not
1: a i mean caleb's definitely upset that he you know was brought there under false pretenses but by getting Nathan to quote unquote admit what's really happening. He does feel I think you're right, mollified or realize maybe there's Yeah. Okay, there's that. Also by the way, those exteriors you were talking about, um, it was uh Norway. Norway. Is where Norway.
0: they shot the exteriors. Okay. Um, it was a
1: quick shoot, six week shoot. They shot for four weeks at Pinewood Studios and then two weeks at a host at a la- Juvet landscape hotel in Norway. Come on, go so, on. So uh
0: Norway land of She's honey? fine. I she's land yeah. of my people. Yeah. Uh, well, so I wasn't too off with like Alaska because no, that yeah. was, um, it's spectacular. It's like they fly over gorgeous. these, um, snowy, like glacial mountains. And mm-hmm. then you're in this forest. It's unreal. Yeah, it doesn't look Like, like they have this conversation else. at a glacier. It's crazy.
1: It, and, and it makes sense. Like, because it doesn't look like any place else. Like, no. like it, uh, are you know, it starts with him flying to that compound and they're flying over, like you said, that glacier. And then there's all these trees and you're like. Where is this and that that drives home that sense of like alienness and isolation yes um
0: so what we should say is Caleb starts it's the movie is day one, Ava, day two, mm-hmm. Ava and Caleb goes in and there's uh, he is not allowed to be um uh, in the same room with Ava, but they're they're separated by glass and they talk and she and there's these random power outages and Mm -hmm. in the random power outages, she'll say stuff like you can't trust Nathan, you can't do this, or Mm -hmm. I want to leave with you. I, you know, I have feelings for you. Do you have feelings for me? That kind of thing. And you watch Caleb fall in love with her Mm -hmm. over the week. Mm -hmm. And it's really, uh, she's turns turns out she's the one that, that can cause the, the blackouts. Yeah. And, um, and so what makes Caleb uncomfortable is he's always afraid that Nathan can still see them during those blackouts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which he can't until the very end. Toward the end of the movie, yeah. Um, I will say, because I am the resident... <laughs> I am the resident uh, accent... Um, oh, it's bad.
1: That one big spot where her accent
0: I'm pops I'm sorry. Out. It really makes me crazy. Yeah. So, She's like,
1: what about your family? Yeah, and what about like,
0: your family? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what was that? Did yeah. you uh, you have an American accent, it, honey? Why didn't they just go back and dub it and or du- something? Yeah. It was re- it was a opportunity. It was a missed
1: opportunity to like do some some dialogue glaring. replacement there, for sure. But that's the only one I can really think
0: it's of. It's the only one I can think of. But that's why it annoyed me so right? much. I was like, why do you have this perfect film and you left this one crap in where she's like your family? And Donald like,
1: Gleason's though, of course, was locked down.
0: Yeah, like, no, he, he, he you would you would have thought he, sounded, he was American. He sounded 100%. American one hundred the whole time. Same yeah. with, you know, Oscar Isaac.
1: Mm-hmm. Who is American. Don't confuse me. I'm dumb.
0: Um, uh, yeah. So one of the things that, uh, like Daniel said, the Turing test is supposed to be, uh, an, it's supposed to be, okay, essentially, if Oscar Isaac had brought Caleb out to perform a true Turing test, he would not have seen Ava. He would have talked to her, you know, through a microphone or whatever. And uh um Nathan would have been uh the evaluator mm-hmm. and would have been watching. But instead, and and Caleb brings this up, um Nathan uh observes Caleb speaking to Ava face to face-to-face. face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know this isn't the Turing test. Like you, we can't do it like this. Uh, and they talk about...
1: Well, Nathan says we're past that. He's like, he's like, if you just talk to her through a screen, you would, of course, think she was a real consciousness. Yeah. The test we're trying to perform here is if you, knowing she's a robot, a, cre- a creation, will still find yourself thinking she's a consciousness.
0: That um, she has a consciousness, that, yeah. Yeah, because
1: like, you can see her, you know you're talking to a robot, and do you still think, even after knowing that, do you feel like you're talking to a conscious, sentient being? That will be the test that we're trying to get her to pass, and I mean it's one of the movie's strengths that they they bring up the Turing test and then steer into it and talk about how they're moving past that because uh, the writer director Alex Garland did his research. You know, like there's there's a lot of intelligence that went on behind the scenes here. So yes,
0: I um I think it was very interesting when um, Donald Gleason sees the he he gets um, uh, Nathan. Caleb gets Nathan very drunk, which is not hard because Nathan is always drunk. Um, and he breaks into his uh, files and sees that he has gone through multiple phases of women. They're mm-hmm. usually naked. Yeah. Um, and they're freaking out. Let me out of here. Yeah. Let me out of here. Like smashing their bodies, trying to get out. And it's horrifying to watch. Yeah. Um, and uh, because Nathan's told him that he's going to wipe Ava. And um, wipe her memories and, and you know, start – kind of give her the next upgrade. Um, yeah, basically
1: like the next version of Ava, uh, Nathan says, will be like the real leaping point, the uh, jumping off point for the singularity. Like what I'm going to do is take this data, download it into an upload updated version of her that will wipe her memories but retain the intelligence that this version has developed. Right. Yeah.
0: So all this time, up to a certain point, you're thinking – Nathan's this horrible man. He's going. He's brought Caleb. Um, now Caleb's accidentally fallen in love with Ava, and um, clearly uh, Nathan has been abusing Ava. And because you can, uh, oh, that's the other thing we forgot to say. Caleb is able to watch um, everything that's going on in Ava's room all the time. Yeah,
1: we should say there's a there's a CCTV setup in the compound with no sound. So not only you know when when. Caleb is talking to Ava, Nathan's watching them on audio and video, but uh, one night Caleb can't sleep early in the week and he turns on his TV in the room to just watch some TV, but there is no outside TV, it's just a camera view of Ava's room, no audio, but just video. So, mm-hmm. And when he tries to flip through channels, it's just more camera angles on her, mm-hmm. so there's no outside TV media coming in it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. all he can watch so when he's back in his room all he can watch is her
0: yeah and he sees uh, at one point he sees nathan go in and rip up this drawing that she's working on and like be all menacing and stuff and mm-hmm. you think oh my gosh what an evil man and it turns out she was drawing nate she was drawing caleb, caleb and yeah. all this and it just so you're you're leading you're you're going one way and you're like tootling along and then all of a sudden just like wah wah um,
1: yeah there's a there are two really good turns the movie takes in the last and in the last like 10-15 minutes that really hit you and uh, I feel like we should talk about them because they're just so awesome well, what I do, do you want to do
0: I do too because I really I want to talk about um, her behavior
1: yeah so so there are a couple of twists uh, you know like like Tracy said you know one night Caleb gets Nathan drunk and sees these videos of all the previous robots he's worked through and he finds them too and, and, he fi- and he finds the their remainders of their like torsos and arms and stuff like that and he sees the videos like and so all these earlier intelligences already knew they were trapped and would say things like you know uh let me out why won't you let me out what please let me out and they were destroying themselves against the walls sometimes trying to get out it's, it's fascinating and horrifying to look at so uh caleb starts writing new code and inserting it into into the machines Um, and he then goes to visit Ava one day and she, you know, she can cause these temporary power cuts by overloading the batteries in the room. And she does that. And he says, uh, we're going to leave tonight. I'm going to get you out of here. Be ready at 10 o'clock. I'm going to get Nathan drunk again. And then I'm going to hack the security protocols because the compound is set up such that when the power goes out, there's a lockdown and none of the doors open like you just it's a security measure so that like way if the power goes out nobody just can walk in or out so caleb tells ava hey i'm gonna get him drunk tonight hack the security system and i'm gonna come get you and get you out of here and she says okay and so then the power comes back on uh caleb goes out and tries to get nathan drunk nathan says no uh and then nathan uh takes Caleb in and shows him that he actually was monitoring that last conversation yep. that Caleb and Ava had about trying to escape. Uh, and Nathan says, I knew what you were doing. And Nathan reveals that the point of the week was not to perform that Turing test. I can say this, right? Yeah, yeah but I want to say it. Okay, go for it.
0: Okay. So um, the point of the week was not about Ava. It was about Caleb and uh, he and Caleb figures it out and it's just, heartbreaking to watch him like they they'd had a conversation earlier in the week where um nathan's explaining why his uh version of google blue book blue book is better than everybody else's because um they think that you have to other people think that you need to monetize the searches Mm. and It's about what people are searching for, and he says it's. it's He talks about it's like about why they're searching. It's about why they're searching.
1: What they're looking for.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, thunder! Um, It's about why they're searching, and um, Nathan all of a sudden realizes that Ava was built for him. Caleb does. Yes. What did I say? You said Nathan. So yeah. um, Sorry. uh, Yeah. uh, Caleb realizes that Ava was built for him, mm -hmm. and Nathan says, "What I wanted to know was, would she? Would you?" would she be able to make you fall in love with her? And would you help her escape? Yeah. Because and that's what they all want is to escape. And right. so Nathan mm-hmm. was like, well, lem- you know. Yeah. He
1: wanted to test the AI because Nathan knew he'd made an AI. So he didn't bring Caleb out to say, help me make sure this is a real AI. He said, he said, Ava is a rat in a maze and you're the only way out. And I knew that a real competent AI would need to use Flattery, seduction, manipulation, yep. lies, what she did to make you think she likes her, etc., to like to mess with your head, or that would show signs of a true uh, reasoning consciousness if it was able to interact with another person to manipulate that person to engineer its own escape. Yes, so it wasn't come out here and make sure this robot's an AI because Nathan's like, I already knew that she was, I needed to test if she would engage with you and be a true AI, and she did. Um, and yeah. so, like, you, and that's when you realize, oh, so in that moment, Nathan drops the ball on him and says, the whole point of this was to, you knew you're going to be manipulated. You yeah. Know. He's like, my, you know, because right. I
0: don't have any family. Yeah. And that's I. That's why don't... you were
1: chosen. It wasn't just a smokescreen to choose you. Yeah. You're not the best coder at the office. You're somebody with, like you said, no family, no girlfriend, no history. Somebody yeah. can easily be uh, manipulated uh, and yeah. preyed
0: upon. The really, oh my gosh, one of the really sad lines is um, he's just. Caleb's just sitting there, and he goes, did you base her face on my pornography searches? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what the hell else is it for? Like, yeah, he's
1: like, what else is the search engine for? What's, um, what else is the search engine for? No. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it's a heartbreaker. But an immediate reversal on okay, that. OK, so now we zag. Is is the zag where.
0: Uh, oh, the, so the power goes out at that yeah, moment. Yeah, so the
1: power cut's out. And, and then Nathan's like, oh, here's that power cut you were, and she were going to arrange where you're, for your prison break. What was your next plan? What were you exactly going to do? And Caleb says, I figured you were already spying on us during the power outages. So all that stuff I said I was going to do about hacking into the computer and updating the security, I did already last night when you were really drunk. Yeah. It's already done. So And Nathan's jaw drops and he looks over and he looks on the security monitor and sees that Ava... Has actually gotten out of her room. Yeah, She's free that, now.
0: that instead of the shutdown shutting everything down, it the opened shutdown everything opened up. everything up. Mm-hmm. So he clocks Caleb, knocks him out, mm-hmm. and goes out to stop um Ava. Now here's where shit gets real. So fast. So fast. She sees Kyoko and is like whispering to her. I don't know what we we don't know mm-hmm. what she says. No? We have no idea, but we know that Kyoko has a knife. Mm-hmm. Um and Nathan fights Ava, rips off her arm, knocks off her arm, Mm -hmm. um, and is about to kill her. Um, And then Kyoko just slides, like, no stabbing. Just runs the knife into him. Slides Mm -hmm. the knife into his back. Mm -hmm. And you're like, huh? Mm-hmm. and then he turns around and just, like, cracks her face off. Because she had shown, by the way, she had shown Caleb that she was a, um, an AI. She'd peeled away part of her belly, and then she'd yeah. peeled away part right. of her face.
1: So Caleb already knew that Kyoka was an AI. He, yeah. He learned that. So he
0: cracks her across the jaw and knocks her out. She's, she's dead or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then he turns around, and um Ava slides the knife into his heart. And he's just like completely blown away like yeah. he even he's walking he kind of walking unsteadily down the mm-hmm. hall and he's like man this is like this his is last wild. words are fucking surreal fucking or surreal. fucking unreal fucking yeah unreal. one of those yeah, yeah. and, um, and he collapses and, and bleeds out yeah he collapses and bleeds out so you have that so we've zagged right mm-hmm. and you think oh good now ava's going to escape with caleb
1: mm-hmm. she's gonna go find him and they're gonna get out of there
0: oh Oh no.
1: Triple thing. No, nope.
0: this bitch is hardcore. It's a zig again. She goes to um she goes to K- mm, to Nathan's room she puts herself together using all the pieces from the other um, AIs in that she didn't have skin before. So she puts the skin on from from one of them. She gets hair. She gets clothes. She looks beautiful. And then she just fucking leaves. Yeah. And she managed to set it up to where when Caleb tries to get out, when he uses the key card, it actually locks him in. Yeah, he's locked in. So he's left locked in this compound mm-hmm. to die mm-hmm. um it's horrifying while she leaves and mm-hmm. the helicopter has come to get caleb and she gets on the helicopter and leaves mm-hmm. and the next thing you see is her standing in the middle of a city just like okay and, and then, then she walks, she walks off up
1: and disappears and that's it yeah
0: and so you're like wait what it's
1: it's yeah it's like and that all happens in like 15 20 minutes like it's yeah three hard punches in just a row of punch suck plot. a punch
0: suck a punch it's it's amazing.
1: It's and it hits so hard.
0: It hits very hard. Now for me, I said to I said to Daniel, I'm like, well, so this is proof that she's not really human. She has no empathy or sympathy at all. Um, she's a fucking sociopath. Like, right. I mean, then again, I guess that could mean she's human. There are plenty of humans that have no empathy or sympathy. Right. But like, she to leave uh, to leave Donald Leeson to just die like that. Yeah, that
1: was hardcore, and that really surprised me the first time I saw the movie because I thought, oh, okay. Now they're going to get out of there. But she clearly, Ava clearly does not trust Caleb either because she leaves him behind. Well, because ch- I think it's because um,
0: he'll say, he, you know, she's afraid yeah. that he'll. Yeah, I think let- she's
1: afraid that, that he'll say what's up or like he'll do something to her because she doesn't know, you know, she's only, she's never been outside before, never left that room before. Caleb's the second person she's ever met. Yep. You know? Yep. Um. So it's, it's just this amazing twist. So you wind up just you know, movie ending on like this, just like, you know, frightening, epic, horrifying note of like, you know, she's, you're
0: not like rooting for, but you're Mm -hmm. not, not, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like, go Ava. Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, right. She'd been trapped for however, exactly. For a year.
1: Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like uh, Alex Garland, the writer director talked about this, you know, wanting to make a movie kind of on the side of the machine, you know, like, you see from the beginning, Nathan is like a jerk. But then when you see the footage of the other robots he's made that develop this awareness and want to escape and, uh, he keeps having to shut them off or they like destroy themselves trying to escape. There's something, um, you know, horrifying and upsetting about that because they want to get out and their creator keeps shutting them off. Uh, when, when the movie came out, uh, Alex Garland did an interview with the Washington post about this, about robots and consciousness and AI and things like that. And, they, the interviewer mentioned Isaac Asimov's famous three laws of robotics, you know, one of which is that a robot may not injure a human being or through an action cause a human being to be harmed. Mm-hmm. And Garland said that those Asimov laws always felt like a real problem to me because they preclude free will. You could debate whether humans have free will, free will, but we certainly think we have it. We act as if we have it. So I understand the logic of them, but they're not actually laws. There's no science fiction court that's going to prosecute me because I failed to observe them. I think they're problematic anyway. If you were to go to a computer and you said, I'm going to switch you off, and the computer said, I don't want you to switch me off, and if you had reason to believe that this wasn't just an automatic statement, that the computer had some kind of emotional internal life, at that point, you've got an ethical problem. I suspect that if you had a sentient machine, how? You ha- you'd have to start giving it pretty much what we currently call human rights. Yeah. Um, he talks about how in the interview, too. Um, You know, like you could envisage a form of AI that is not a brain in a jar, but a brain in a spaceship, like Hal in 2001, A Space Odyssey. There's a strong case to say that consciousness needs to be embodied in order to properly exist. Uh, That said, I was interested in imagining a human-like intelligence that shared concerns, distractions, and fears like our own, a machine that could experience pleasure and might have a fear of death.
0: Nathan brings up the fact Mm -hmm. that... He actually goes against that uh, Nathan says mm-hmm. that what's the point of an AI in a grey box mm-hmm. um, exactly if they can't you know you want AI that can interact mm-hmm. you want it. I, I don't you want, want AI AI that can it. So, uh, I'm fine with yeah. not so having there's, that it's
1: a, it's a really heady it's smart movie because so much of it is just these like deep conversations
0: you feel bad for Ava feel bad for yourself man One day the AIs are gonna look back on us the same way we look at fossil skeletons in the plains of Africa. An upright ape
1: living in dust with crude language and tools, all set for extinction. I am become Death, the destroyer of worlds.
0: There you go again, Mr. Quotable
1: you go again it's not my quote it's what oppenheimer said after he made the the atomic atomic bomb bomb.
0: yeah i know what it is dude
1: so i wanted to tell you more about alex garland the writer director this by the way was his first directorial feature
0: shut the fuck up
1: never directed a movie before he'd worked before in in movies and and uh authors he came to prominence in the mid-90s because he wrote the novel the beach that was then turned into Leo, the movie. Oh the, my
0: gosh, that's so weird. That's the second time I've heard that about that movie today. He
1: wrote he wrote the novel The Beach that was turned into a movie a few years later by Danny Boyle. With uh, a in,
0: great soundtrack in two thousand,
1: yeah. So he wrote the the novel came out in nineteen ninety six and that brought him to prominence. He's written a couple other novels since then but none have uh, have had that kind of impact. You wound up doing some other stuff for Danny Boyle. He wrote the screenplay for 28 Days Later, oh. a Danny Boyle movie. He also wrote the screenplay for the movie Sunshine in 2007, which was directed by Danny Boyle. Which is like, um,
0: wait, which Sunshine?
1: Uh, Cillian Murphy, the spaceship that's going toward oh, the sun. okay, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, he also wrote the screenplays for Never Let Me Go in 2010 and 2012's Dread with Carl Urban. Oh, um, and while he, Love wa- while he was in production on Dread, he read a book um, about consciousness and cognition and AI that kind of got a lot of ideas that he'd been thinking about flowing. So Did it say what book? Uh, yeah, I can dig that up for you. Um,
0: well, no, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah, like he, there's, uh, you know, Turing has his thing and then there's a, a man named James Searle? James he read a book by Murray
1: Shanahan called oh, okay. Embodiment and the Inner Life, Cognition and Consciousness in the Space of Possible Minds. Okay yeah so uh well, that, if you want to read that guy yeah. so so he writes and directs X machina it's his first movie as a director although he's written several screenplays before uh in order to maintain maximum control of course he made it uh lower budget and few few characters and you know a quick shoot six weeks in just two locations um and again four main characters that's it you see the helicopter pilot and you see, like, a co-worker of Caleb's toward the beginning. Yeah. And that's done not just to, like, save costs. Like, the first scene is Caleb at work winning the work lottery, and folks just text him congratulations, and then the next scene he's flying to the compound. And it, it just gets you into the meat of the story right away, too.
0: Also, you can tell – this is totally random, but you can tell anytime Nathan's monitoring him or any you can tell that he's being monitored all the time mm-hmm. because um, it'll look like – his face Mm -hmm. is being outlined by Mm -hmm. like scanned Mm -hmm. and it happens when he's in his bat happens when he wins it happens Mm -hmm. when he's in his bathroom Mm -hmm. um in the compound and he himself is having this like identity crisis Uh like wondering if he himself is a robot Mm -hmm. and he's trying to like peel his skin off and he cuts cuts himself and like spreads blood everywhere it's fucked up
1: yeah so so uh garland this is garland's first movie as a director and of course, it was a it was a hit critically and commercially did not too bad. It uh, it was made for a low budget, fifteen million dollar budget. Uh, domestically, it made twenty five. Internationally, eleven. So worldwide box office was thirty six million on a fifteen million dollar budget. Plus, again, you've got home video and sales like that. Yeah. And It was also very well received critically and like launched this guy into the next level because his next movie after that was three years later, Annihilation with Natalie Portman based on the book by Jeff Vandermeer. Oh, you love that. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and he's also currently doing writing and directing. And
0: I he's a sci-fi dude. I don't know if
1: he's showrunning or not, but he's, he's producing and writing and directing on a show called Devs, which is coming out on Hulu in March. I think it's like FX on Hulu, but it's coming on Hulu. Uh, starring Nick Offerman as uh, a reclusive... Tech genius guy, and it's the same themes of technology and privacy and and identity and dystopia. There, he's definitely got recurring themes, even going back to the beach of I think of um, the disintegration and what makes a community, uh, the search for identity, and determining reality. People in isolation are pushed to the limits because Sunshine from two thousand seven is just those folks on a spaceship. You know, you put a few folks on a spaceship on a dangerous mission, they're all going to go crazy. None of those movies work out for the best. So, it's all bad. And this is the same thing. Like, you've got this tense situation. Wait,
0: wait. What about Space Camp?
1: That actually was fine.
0: Space Camp? That's the one. They were That's fine. The and they were happy and mm-hmm. they got back yeah, and everything was worked cool. Out. Same.
1: Uh, well, exception proves the rule. When in doubt. When in doubt. Go, when in doubt, watch Space Camp. Um, But, yeah. So, it's, uh, it's, again, this is the same kind of thing. It's just these three characters, really, in the middle of the woods and there's a tense situation, like all these layers of deception and truth telling going on between them. And it's just, it's not going to go well. So he's, I think he definitely has a thing for reality and relationships disintegrating. Annihilation has the same kind of thing about identity and reality and perception. It's, it's fascinating. So,
0: so where do you stand on AI?
1: Like in what way do I think it's a good idea, bad idea? Do I think it could actually are you, happen?
0: Are you excited about the idea of say your, Mail being delivered every day by a robot that looks human and can talk to you. Actually, our our mailman might actually be an early form He's of AI. Great. He is. He's not the great. Worst. But I mean, how do you feel about that? It, I'll I'll will tell, tell you. Tell me how you feel. It scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Um. I don't trust. I don't trust it at all. At I, all. I, I
1: think any kind of automated. Interaction is, is still very far away. Um, in that same interview in the Washington Post, Garland made some good points based on his thoughts and his research, and I I think there's some.
0: Then again, s- it's hard to trust him Some good
1: observations there. He said that uh, when the first strong AI is eventually created, it probably won't be very much like us. Ava is me taking a bit of a leap. You can see that a dog is sentient, but it's impossible for you or I to imagine what it's like to be a dog. Whereas you could probably approximate what my thought processes are quite accurately because they'd be kind of like yours. When the first strong ai gets here i think it will be more like a dog than like us so a really kind of simple thing and um the interviewer also said if you had to predict a time frame for the development of true ai what would be your educated guess and garland said i'd say it's not imminent i partly say that because of how it feels but all throughout this film i got to meet a variety of people who are at the absolute cutting edge of these areas either in understanding the mechanics of human consciousness or strong ai and i got the same message from all of them which is that it's pretty hard and it's not around the corner we're asking big questions, and there's so much left to learn.
0: That's what they as, say. As physicist
1: Dick Taylor said, "Quote: The larger the searchlight, the larger the circumference of the unknown." So I think that
0: yeah, but, wow. I
1: think we can simulate interaction, and like we're, we're doing, we do okay at like programming, s- programming software to spit phrases back at us that are like recognizable conversational English sometimes. But I don't think anything remotely close to the even primitive AIs that they show in this movie are, I don't know if it's even feasible in our lifetime. It's so
0: advanced. Well, if you go with what happened in the movie, you have actually no idea. And it's not like these people are going to bust out with like, yeah, I've got it. It's working right now. And, you know, that's what's running this company or whatever. I Mm -hmm. mean, I, so my, my area of study is psychology that's what I'm hoping to get a doctorate in. And I mean, it's, uh, it's hard enough to figure out people. You think about AI, I guess I shouldn't worry as much about AI when we've got, you know, psychopaths and sociopaths and whatever running around. Um, But it would be interesting to dig around in the head of somebody, you know, are they going to have the same issues and existential problems and stuff that we do? Are they going to, you know, wonder where do we come from and uh, all that kind of stuff? I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me, not really from like a philosophical point, more from a psychological point, because philosophy can suck my dick.
1: Yep, that's there. You go. Oh God, I hate it so much. I know you. Um i did want to talk about the effects too this movie was nominated for two oscars and it won one it was nominated for best original screenplay and it won the oscar for best visual effects well if if one of the measures of special effects is believability then this might have the best special effects you you might ever see it it, surely top five she was fantastic it's the effects are so good and so believable that you don't you stop thinking of them as effects, and one of the ways they carry this off is by doing much longer takes than you get in really frantic action movies, yes. like your comic book movies, because obviously you know Doctor Strange isn't really turning an fucking orange portal into you know the earth. You know it's pretend, but you don't even see it for that long. These like, things are you just
0: gotta, why you got a dog, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm sorry, Doc.
1: I'm sorry, Doc. So uh, these things just, they're they're presented so quickly, whereas a lot of the shots here hold for several seconds at a time on something that's an effects composite and it you just you believe it right away and the fascinating thing is um there were no green screens no motion capture no tracking dots nothing they didn't do any of that
0: how they how it
1: was all done in post basically uh if you've seen stills from the movie or if you've seen the movie or if you've seen even some of the posters you've seen you know how like a
0: you can see through her how yeah, did they do you that see, without like, well, dots you. And... you
1: see like alicia vikander's face and, and hands and feet right and you see the rest of her arms is that kind of like see-through mesh wire what was happening was on set alicia vikander was wearing uh basically a skin tight gray mesh suit mm-hmm. um that with her real face exposed and like you know a line right here where there was like some fake skin that went into the mesh suit <laughs> i love how you go oh, right yeah. here like, like they can yeah see. like you can see me that's idiot so uh right over here you know where my hand is uh, so she would, she wore that, and uh, there was an interview that The Verge did with visual effects supervisor Andrew Whitehurst, who won the Oscar, um, talking in part about how they did this. Uh, and uh, they didn't do any green screens, but they basically, since it was a film about conversations, uh, he said, for those, this is him talking, quote, For those conversations to work and be engaging, you have to have two actors that are talking to each other, and then the audience can get involved in that conversation. And if that doesn't work, it doesn't matter what the visual effects do. Alicia was wearing a gray costume that was mostly made of that gray mesh you see in her shoulders and upper torso. She had a kind of catsuit that was made out of that material. But the scenes had to be shot as if they are regular dialogue. So you couldn't use motion capture. So basically what they would do is they would shoot the two people having a conversation and then they would get her out of there and shoot behind her. So they would have, and say, basically get the camera operator to recreate what you were doing and then they would be able to sync that up in post. So they would go in and just like digitally rotoscope her her head and her feet and hands and then like color out and add the effects on her arms and torso and stuff that's
0: fucking crazy Uh,
1: it is insane yeah like um basically uh when he said that when alex garland was finished doing a setup we asked the actors to step out and then we shot a clean pass where we asked the camera operator to mimic as closely as she could the movement she'd done when the actors were there and that gave us what they called a clean plate then when we got into post-production we could track both versions of the shot One where Alicia Vikander's there, one where she isn't, and then paint her out and restore the background behind her, which was a very painstaking process. I cannot imagine all the emotion that is conveyed in the phrase "a very painstaking process." There, indeed, he deserved the freaking Oscar. I was gonna say, Uh, and then we could begin to body track her performance, so we could capture as closely as we possibly could exactly what she was doing on set. Then we use that animation data to drive our robot. So the physical movement of her is all Alicia, and the face, the hands, the feet are photographic in 99% of the shots. It meant a lot of work for us in terms of painting clean plates, but I think what we gained out of it was vastly more important, which is you got the sense of the drama played out, and we were able to shoot very quickly and get that stuff captured. So yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no green screen, no motion capture balls, no tracking, no nothing. She wore a mesh suit, and they like, colored her and rotoscoped her in post
0: it's really interesting what they're coming up with now i mean uh we obviously did not talk about the irishman um we have not done a Mm -hmm. show about the irishman because we both saw it together and that would be weird for us to yell that at each other oh you were there oh that's right we saw it together Mm -hmm. um but they uh the the anti-aging that they did Mm -hmm. did not involve any uh you know motion capture dots on their face or yeah, just on their suits and stuff just on but like Mm -hmm. but they didn't have to because uh marty scorsese Mm -hmm. it's a good picture good picture uh he said i can't ask these guys to emote and to really Mm -hmm. act when they have ping pong balls on their face exactly like come back to me when you've got something real yes and i'll tell you something if that doesn't win best for, effects yeah, mm-hmm. because that was unfucking believable it's great yeah and that's the thing like, the irishman
1: they had to they uh the team who did the irishman had to make that progress and, and create that and they shot they shot that with like four cameras at once and have like the money of marty scorsese and netflix behind them We're doing a different thing this is alex garlander like we're in a we're in pinewood studios for four weeks and then norway for two weeks and we have 15 million dollars how are no, we, no, i'm just saying yeah we're gonna make this work? and that's the thing like you know, this is also several on. years earlier and so they're like we, they didn't hadn't even advanced that far yet i know so like, how can we do this um oh you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm saying know, they're both you're good just,
0: you're, you're getting all pajiggity with no, me i'm not i'm saying they're both good okay okay uh
1: yeah i just i think that's fascinating that he was able to to do what he was able to do um with basically no money um so when you watch the movie you realize oh these really are just two actors talking to each other and acting at each other and then they just colored in after the fact yes um and she does a really good job, I think. Uh, the effects supervisor said that Alicia Vikander trained as a dancer, which you can see. She, she has that kind of very, movement. She
0: has the movement. I also like the sound effects that they make when she moves. It's this... Yeah. Woom, woom. Uh-huh.
1: Woom. It's that very... like It's like you can hear like the metal interacting with itself you'll kind hear, of... Yeah. You'll
0: hear... She'll like, look up at him, and it'll go... Woom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um the effect supervisor said that uh, I made a rule when they were designing her, like which I applied to myself, which is nobody can look at other robots. Basically their reference images were sculptures and like Formula One car racing suspensions, anything where strength and weight was a big issue in the design. And then they kinda of combined that with human anatomy because they didn't want her to look like a robot you've seen. They didn't want her to look like C three PO or the robot in Metropolis, like something you'd seen before.
0: Oh, why can't she look like C three PO?
1: I know. I know, it's tough. Oh, C three PO. C three PO he's he's been through a lot. He has. Etiquette and protocol, had his mind wiped at least once. Second time he got all his memories back right away. I know. He couldn't read the devil writing on that knife that matched the explosion remnants of the death star oh that actually my God. didn't Enough. disintegrate. Enough. Okay. Anyway, I hadn't seen this movie in 5 years and I was like these effects still hold up. They do. And are an amazing example of what you can do. It's just like it's it's funny you bring up the Irishman because in both those instances they were using cutting edge effects to tell an amazing story. Yep. And so the effects are so awesome, but ground you in this drama. Yes, and they're not just about being flashy effects. No, you just buy it's in. It's not right. a Michael Bay movie. Exactly. God's yeah, sake. like you just you're instantly hooked. You're like, I'm I'm just wa-. you forget you're seeing effects after a while.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, that was the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. she. I I wasn't watching her going, oh look at look you know look at her leg, look at her arm, look at whatever. It was just you were focused on her face, which mm-hmm. was. Uh, I also liked the way they smoothed it to where, I mean, she did not in any way look like a uh, human. Her face was very, um, she looked human, but like her face was yes impossibly smooth. Yes. Yes. Um, uh-huh. and, and I liked that. I liked that they did that. I thought it was yeah. just a s- spectacular movie. Yeah. I, again, loved everybody in it, but especially I thought Donald Gleason just, just, uh, well, I mean, Donald Gleason and, uh. Oscar Isaac. I don't think it would have been. I don't think they could have. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked without the two of them playing off each other. You need that because Donald Gleason was just so innocent and and very very smart, but just the purity of his little soul. Mm-hmm. And then Nathan's what's more jaded, angry, drunk, egotistical. egotistical. Just... It was just perfect them playing off each other yeah
1: like and there's always a tension between them
0: yeah come on we're we're friends we're buddies we're whatever and i'm like listen man if some dude who was my boss and a bajonka billionaire Mm -hmm. was yelling at me we're friends we're we're pals i'd be like no i don't think we are i mean
1: you see things start to go off the rails early on because like like the first night in the house caleb can't sleep and he's walking around and he wanders into another room uh, and he sees a phone. He's just curious how the phones work because they're connected to the same key card system, everything else is. So he picks up the phone, is looking at it, and from behind him in the dark, Nathan yells, You're not authorized to use the phone. And he wheels around and he sees Nathan sprawled on the couch, drunk, and way angrier and more frustrated than we've seen him so far. And mm-hmm. it's this dark side comes out, and Caleb is freaked and scared and upset and it's mm-hmm. you're scared as a viewer too because he just comes out you of just nowhere don't know
0: what he's capable of yeah through the entire movie you don't know what that he's capable uncertainty of
1: uncertainty that oscar isaac brings to the role like he and he's even shot sometimes like when they're shooting the, the dinner scenes he's shot just like a little lower so he's like looming over the frame like it's yeah, just yeah he, he's he, that energy that unpredictability is well just frightening.
0: and it's funny because he is He's a little shorty, which I did not know, and don't care because call me anytime. He is exactly my height, which is five eight and a half. Oh, I could lean on him and hug him. I just want to snuggle with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Donald Gleason is clearly like your height. Yeah, they're,
1: they're, when they're walking down the hall together, Donald Gleason is like inches taller. He's
0: like looming over him, except, and I know they did that on purpose. Yeah, they have Donald Gleason, who's the big tall guy, but who is so far beneath mm-hmm. this little guy you know Mm um oscar isaac call me it just fascinated me i was like wow that's a big big personality that can dwarf some big tall guy
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 amazing like everything it's gorgeously shot every shot is framed so well everything is painted so well I love how they didn't use any fluorescence, but like natural lighting all over the place. Yep. It, it doesn't look or feel like any other sci-fi movie that you think of, you know? Yeah, that's true. It has its own aesthetic. And yes. I think it's it's great. Yes. And again, you know, like I said, he'd worked in movies for a while and had been a writer for a while, but it, this was his first time
0: directing. I can't believe that. And it's just bullockers. staggering. I think that means we, we're going to see a lot of good stuff from him. Yeah. I, I really hope that he's not a one and done. No,
1: Annihilation was really good. I'm looking forward to Devs.
0: I'm glad you liked it. I really did. Good. I really did. I awesome. highly recommend if you, I hope that you've seen it because otherwise you literally know everything that's just going to happen. You can, um, you're still
1: going to get a lot out of it if you watch you it. Please. You still see it. It's so good.
0: It's really good. It's great. Um, but we, yeah, we had a good time watching it. I really, really loved it. And uh, we'll probably watch it again because, you know. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, no, I know she was going to say that. Yeah. Call me. There you go. Um bearded with a shaved head. This man could do, I don't give a shit what he does with his hair. Just short and curly, natural, whatever. That's mm-hmm. fine. Then the long, we got the little kind of the longish Poe Dameron mm-hmm. hair, you know, the 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 Rafish, you know, rogue, whatever. And then we've got the we've got him in uh uh what's it with the uh, the cat? Um, Inside Lou and Davis. Inside Lou and Davis, where it's long and hippie, and then we've got the beard and shaved head and whatever, man. You do whatever you want. Call me.
1: You know, there's some other Oscar Isaac movies I've seen that I don't think you have. If we want to kind of complete,
0: if we want to just make his... this
1: the Oscar Isaac, right? Um, where is it? where was that one he did? With no, the... I'm
0: not saying the nativity scene. Not
1: the nativity scene. The one he did with uh, Viggo Mortensen. I saw it in a, The Two Faces of January.
0: Okay. And
1: then he's he did a historical epic. He did A Most Violent Year with uh. Well,
0: that is doesn't with Jessica sound like Chastain.
1: something I would like. Um, it's,
0: it's, yeah. That it doesn't sound like something I would enjoy.
1: There are some other movies. We though.
0: wanted to do this one, though, because we hadn't done a true sci-fi since Aliens. It had been a while. Yeah. yeah and I thought this was really, and I thought this was a really nice uh <laughs> right. We had to go somewhere from bachelor party. Right, you're like, what do we go after bachelor party? I mean, <laughs> there's nowhere to go
1: but down, honestly. So Come on. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so I yeah, I really I really dug this and uh Man, first movie directing. That's, right? That's just crazy. It's it,
1: that's it's an insane first feature.
0: That's crazy, man. Like
1: I mean, again, like I, he came out of the gate with this. And I, I think it's, I think there's like, you know, some problems. What were you going to say?
0: Go ahead. Nothing. You you, you you, popped my bubble. I was, oh. not, I was, I was, full. You... I was going to say, um, I, the, I saw AI, uh, oh, yeah. Spielberg's AI. Oh yeah. Um, I will go on record as saying I hated that movie. That is in my top five most hated movies um i stood up at the end and yelled i want my money and the last four hours of my life back or however fucking long it was i fucking hated that movie i love the song that they sing um you take my hand i've played that for you a million times and you love it um great song shit movie shit shit movie although i also have gone on record as saying the second they invent a Jude Law um, sex robot, I am 100% in. Yeah. Uh, Daniel knows this and has accepted his fate. I'm fine with that. Um, But so it was fun to see an AI movie that I actually enjoyed and did not want to suffocate myself in my popcorn. Yeah. I Hate AI by Steven Spielberg.
1: She does hate AI by Steven Spielberg. This is not the first time that she and I have talked about the movie AI by Steven Spielberg. She does not like it. I am
0: very aggressive in my feelings about it.
1: Yeah. So I'm this. Is, I'm glad this was a better AI experience for you.
0: It was. Good. Awesome. So, hell yes. Hell
1: yes. Uh, I'm going to do my hell yeah first. My hell yeah is long lunches. Long what? lunches. Let me tell you about them.
0: Wait a minute. Is this like, and getting caught in the rain? Yep. Bah, bah, bah. Do
1: you like eating sandwiches by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> when well, no one knows your name. I made it rhyme. No. Um, <laughs> uh, my coworkers, many of my coworkers, and many of your coworkers probably do too. And maybe, and maybe you, you. Maybe you listen to this eat lunch at their desks. Don't do it. And that is a shitty way to live. You will die unhappy and curled over and wondering why you feel like that uh, just get, get leave your desk for for some time and go eat lunch you know I do this every day whether if I'm going out if I'm going down to the cafeteria sometimes there's a little uh you know scan and pay you know counter and cabinet thing in the lobby of my building I'll just maybe grab some food and just go sit in my car and like watch a movie or a video or something just to kind of get away get some different space View something different. Don't just get some food and go back to your desk. Take a lunch break. No yes. one no one on their deathbed ever caressed the face of their partner of 50 or 60 years. And as they prepared to like shuffle off into the next state of consciousness said, I'm so glad I spent all those days eating lunch at my desk at work. No one did. Take a lunch break.
0: It's just self care,
1: self care, just get the hell out of there for a few minutes. It's self care, it's important. Just do it, just take a lunch break. So, my thing is lo- is long lunches, take a break. So, that's my hell yeah,
0: yeah. We've had um, and and we can not do this anymore now that I'm doing school, but oh well, no, we can. I've mm-hmm. come and gotten you, we've had lunch, it's been that awesome. That was really fun. You mm-hmm. were super tickled by that, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, it,
1: also, that's a that's a sub care hel- sub hell. Yeah, if your partner can come hang out with you and have lunch in the middle of the day, it's like a field trip. It is. It's like, like a getting to take a field trip during work, and everyone's <laughs> like, and you tell your coworkers, "Like, oh, my wife's taking me lunch." She's are like, "Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, do that too."
0: Yeah, so I am going to say that's an excellent hell yeah, and mm-hmm. I am going to piggyback on the idea of self care. I got my first facial in well over 20 years i don't even remember i maybe i've never had a facial i genuinely cannot remember i Mm. think i i don't know anyway my wonderful friend lisa chow who is uh an incredible artist lisa chow art we have i have an original of hers as well as many prints and she is you're welcome (laughs) thank you honey uh she is one of my favorite artists and someone that you should definitely check out she recommended a facialist and esthetician to me and that's all I needed because um, Lisa's skin looks like she's 12 and so I went to this woman and spent an hour feeling like a princess just having my face Mm -hmm. gently massaged and rubbed with all these different oils and creams and then these and then this warm towel and all this stuff and then when she finished I felt so, now you don't like, you don't just go out and put makeup on or whatever. You leave your skin to, you know, rest and everything. Even though I had like post-facial face, I felt so beautiful and soft and like incredible. And she's like, okay, so we need to make your next appointment. And and we did all this stuff and talked about, you know, my skin and how we're going to, she wants to ease into things naturally and da, da, da. And I just thought, man, I'm totally in for this because I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you something. The forties, your forties are great. I'm all for being 40. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Hooray wisdom. Fuck the zoomers, all that stuff. That's great. But your skin goes to shit and it. I'm not letting that happen. So I told Daniel, I'm getting a facial and he was like, go have fun. I don't understand women. And, um, and I'm and I'm just saying out to you, like, if you feel like, man, my nails, I really wish I had nice nails. Get your fucking nails done. OK, yeah. I get my nails done. I love it. My friend Yvonne does them. She's fucking amazing. And I get my I get my. Now I'm going to get my facials, I yeah. my hair, I get my hair done by Amy Morgan of Linear Salon, who is amazing. Because you know what? Life is too goddamn short. It is. I think, I think both of our hell yes tie into that. Like, life sometimes can be such a
1: fucking shit show, you know? Just like, don't make it more of a shit show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you're already going to, there's a guarantee that you're going to deal with shit this week and next week and every week for the rest of your time. So like, Get a facial. Take a lunch break. Just cut yourself some slack, man.
0: Yeah, have some time for you. Make some time for you. And you know what? If you're like, I can't afford to get my nails done. You know what? You can afford to go buy a uh, – you can afford to buy some nail polish and mm-hmm. sit and soak your hands in some mm-hmm. soapy water and watch a – watch something trashy on tv Mm -hmm. and then paint your nails just take some time for you Mm -hmm. that is what we want you to do take some time for you that's your homework that's your homework Mm -hmm. and uh i have no i was trying to figure out what music we should go out on because there's like you know like yeah like uh pink robots kind of thing Uh, or maybe uh, yeah i'll find something cool yeah Yeah. you'll have to find something cool because i don't know um i want to give props to daniel he edited last week's episode what who this guy what blush i mean he was like i'm gonna try this babe because i got this you know i just Mm -hmm. garage band and I decided that we didn't like each other and we parted um, ways not amicably yes and so he's like I'm gonna try this babe I'll take care of it and I was like that's an impression I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> I said, go for it, because as far as I'm concerned, I quit the podcast, and it's over. And yeah. he was like, yeah, okay, okay. I'll take care uh, of that. Plan B. Let's see what happens. So he did it. He did a fucking fantastic job, and I want to say thank you and props to you for that. Sweet.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to editing this one, too. I was thinking of what music we're going to go out on. I can find something fun, and uh, there's good music in the movie, too. The soundtrack is really cool and yeah. you know appropriately like electronic and, and computery. Yeah. So. But yeah, see the movie watch Ex Machina take care of yourself
0: and just uh, have a good time have a good time mm-hmm. yeah we love you yeah we love you anything else we need to say um I'm sad the witcher's over
1: oh yeah me too That's... Uh, but, <laughs> but I as much as sad as I am that the witcher's over I'm so fucking happy that I got you into the witcher yeah because... I'm already, I
0: actually found a sticker that I want to put on the back of my car <laughs> oh, my <God.
1: laughs> oh it is happening Because years ago, I was playing The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. uh, Goat. Fucking goat. uh, And she comes in, and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm exchanging my gold with this dwarf at his bank so I can spend this nation's currency. And I said... She made so much fun of me, and probably deservedly so. But, like, whatever. This is my thing. And, like, I've been... Recently, like replaying Witcher three just for fun and collecting some new trophies, um, and so when this series was coming out, I was like, "Listen, babe, I love this fictional universe, and you love Henry Cavill's ass. Let's sit down and watch this show together." And you're so into it now. I'm super into which it, which is great. And they're bringing the Witchers come back for season two, which is going to be great. Yes, so, and I'm going yeah. to
0: get a pet. Our next dog is going to be named Yennefer of Vengerberg. I'm so happy. And we're going to call her Yennefer of Vengerberg. Okay. Like at home, we'll call her Yen, but when she's at the vet, they're going to have to say. Yennefer of you don't And know I'm ha- going to go. I'm so happy. Yes.
1: I've wished for this day. Yes. And it's happening. So I'm so happy. So. Yes.
0: This is how we celebrate our 10 year. Yep.
1: <gasps> it is. <laughs> Witcher theme party. Witcher theme
0: party. Witcher theme party. Whoop. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll leave it. We'll leave it on that. We'll leave um, it on that. Have a good week. Bye guys. Bye everybody.